Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who prepared a fit dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, in the heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Graciously grant that through her intercession, we may be a worthy temple of your glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Their race will be famous throughout the nations, their descendants throughout the peoples. All who see them will admit that they are a race whom the Lord has blessed. I exult for joy in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me in the garments of salvation. He has wrapped me in the cloak of integrity. Like a bridegroom wearing his wreath. Like a bride adorned in her jewels. For as the earth makes fresh things grow. As a garden makes seeds spring up. So will the Lord make both integrity and praise spring up in the sight of the nations. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My heart rejoices in the Lord, my Saviour. My heart rejoices in the Lord, my Saviour. My heart exults in the Lord. I find my strength in my God. My mouth laughs at my enemies as I rejoice in your saving help. My heart rejoices in the Lord my Saviour. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the weak are clothed with strength. Those with plenty must labour for bread, but the hungry need work no more. The childless wife has children now, but the fruitful wife bears no more. My heart rejoices in the Lord my Saviour. It is the Lord who gives life and death. He brings men to the grave and back. It is the Lord who gives poverty and riches. He brings men low and raises them on high. My heart rejoices in the Lord my Saviour. He lifts up the lowly from the dust. From the dung heap he raises the poor. To set him in the company of princes. To give him a glorious throne. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. My heart rejoices in the Lord my Saviour. Alleluia, 
Alleluia. Blessed is the Virgin Mary, who kept the word of God and pondered it in her heart. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Every year the parents of Jesus used to go to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up for the feast as usual. When they were on their way home after the feast, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem without his parents knowing it. They assumed he was with the caravan, and it was only after a day's journey that they went to look for him among their relations and acquaintances. When they failed to find him, they went back to Jerusalem looking for him everywhere. Three days later, they found him in the temple, sitting among the doctors, listening to them and asking them questions. And all those who heard him were astounded at his intelligence and his replies. They were overcome when they saw him. And his mother said to him, My child, why have you done this to us? See how worried your father and I have been looking for you. Why were you looking for me? he replied. Did you not know that I must be busy with my father's affairs? But they did not understand what he meant. He then went down with them and came to Nazareth and lived under their authority. His mother stored up all these things in her heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I must admit, I'm kind of stuck about what to say on this Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You know, I've been mulling it over, and, and you know, the word that really sticks out is, is the word immaculate. And, uh, you know, it comes from the Latin meaning without stain. That, you know, Mary has an immaculate heart precisely because through the immaculate conception, she was preserved from the stain of sin. And so, you know, she's the sinless one. And, and all of that's great and really important and, and you know, um, something very worthy for us to, to, to meditate on and contemplate. But I wonder if there's a hidden danger in looking at Mary's immaculate heart as being the thing which makes her oh so very different from us. She's sinless, conceived without sin, but we're not. And, you know, and sometimes it, it certainly feels like we're far from not. And I wonder a little bit if there's a risk that we start to look at our Blessed Mother as if she's sort of the untouchable one, you know, up there on the sanctuary, you know, eyes raised to heaven and, you know, unconcerned about what's what's going on on earth. And, and not only perhaps a little bit aloof from it, but maybe just unable to grasp what's going on. If she's the sinless one, how does she know about my life? If she has an immaculate heart, what can she know about my oh-so-very-maculate heart? I think there is a tendency that we can have to, to leave Mary in the sanctuary of the church and at a distance from our everyday. But gee, that'd be a mistake. Because I, I think sometimes we can kind of paint this picture of Mary as being, you know, someone who lived a kind of superhuman life, that she had this kind of unassailable faith, which just meant she was able to float over the top of every challenge in her life. 
it's easy for you, Mary, you're the sinless one. You know, we're the ones who, you know, really kind of have to struggle down here on earth. But the fact is, is that the scriptures don't bear that out. That's not the picture that gets painted of Mary. That's a, it's a kind of it's a caricature that we've painted in our own minds. You know, when we listen to the gospel today about the finding of the child Jesus in the temple, there's a whole lot going on. And, you know, particularly when you read it from Mary's perspective, you know, Jesus stays back in Jerusalem. They travel a whole day out of Jerusalem, find out that Jesus isn't there, then they've got to travel a whole day back to Jerusalem, which means it's now two days that he's gone, and then they've got to go find him, which is, you know, leads us to the third day. And, you know, I think I think we can be tempted to imagine that Mary's just kind of wandering around, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, you know, having this kind of unassailable certainty that, oh, well, everything's just going to turn out fine, so really this isn't a big deal. Well, Mary certainly doesn't describe that as being the experience. She says, my child, why have you done this to us? Can you see how worried your father and I have been looking for you? And and Jesus' answer to her seems wholly unsatisfactory didn't you know i should be about my father's business she she doesn't she doesn't understand at this point now i i think this becomes something you know really important for us where you know we see that the distance between mary and ourselves is isn't as great as uh you know our caricature of her might might suggest she has great faith and great trust in god but it doesn't mean that she's floating on a cloud of certainty unconcerned about the things that are going on around her. I don't think she and Joseph are, you know, walking through the city of Jerusalem going, oh, oh, don't worry, honey, you know, I've read Luke's gospel and I know how this turns out. Yes, she has great faith because she believes, because she trusts. Why do we imagine that for Mary that was effortless? Why do we imagine that, you know, it all comes easy for her because, you know, she's got the immaculate heart and, and you know, we're the ones who really struggle and suffer. She, she, she just went through life in a kind of zen-like state, you know, unaffected by anything that went on around her. Nah, I don't buy it. No, I, I, think, I think Mary's much more an example to us of how to do it right. And we're a bit silly if we turn around and go to Mary, well, well, it was easy for you, you did it right. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the point. Her cousin Elizabeth said to her at the visitation, blessed is she who believed that the promises made to her by the Lord would be fulfilled. Why do we think that came easy to Mary? Jesus says to his mother and to Joseph, you know, didn't you know that I must be busy with my father's affairs? But Luke tells us quite clearly that, that they didn't understand what he meant. They, they, they still don't understand the finding of the child Jesus as this, you know, great prophetic event that points towards the fact that Jesus will be lost for three days but will be found again at his resurrection you know, we, we look back at that with, you know, wonder and, and awe and go, oh, wow, isn't it amazing that God's plan was, was inscribed into the very childhood of Jesus from the start? 
But but Mary and Joseph, they, they didn't experience this moment as a great prophetic sign. They're confused by it. Son, why did you put us through this? But isn't that a consolation for us? You know, we don't go through our lives knowing the script in advance. The difficulties and the trials that we undergo, they they raise similar questions in us as they did in Mary and Joseph. Like, you turn to Jesus and go, Lord, why why have you done this? I, I, I don't understand. I can't comprehend the picture of what's going on. So what does Mary do in the face of this confusion? Well, Luke's gospel gives us a a very simple answer. He says, His mother stored up all these things in her heart. Now, of course, this is why we have this gospel for the Feast of the Immaculate Heart, because it, it refers to Mary's heart here as the place where she stores up all of those pieces of the puzzle that that she can't quite figure out how they fit. But she'll leave them in her heart, trusting that there's a picture that she hasn't yet beheld, but which God is bringing about. Now, from this moment of the finding of the child Jesus in the temple, when we flash forward to the next moment when Mary appears in the scriptures, We see her again at the wedding feast of Cana. And, you know, I think we can kind of see the fruit of her contemplation, of of allowing all of these things to bounce around in her immaculate heart. She turns to her son and says, hey, they have no wine. And, And of course, you know, Jesus' famous response is, woman, what concern is this of mine? And then and then she turns to the attendants and says, just just. Do whatever he tells you. Now, it strikes me that this answer is very similar to the answer that Jesus gave in the temple when he was 12. Didn't you know that I must be busy about my father's affairs? So, you know what? Yes, I know that's what you're busy with, son. And so, turning to the attendants, what he asks you to do are going to be the affairs of the father. So do that. I think for Mary, that's lesson learnt. And lesson learnt extraordinarily well. I don't, I don't see the whole picture. But I trust that you do. And it's exactly this loving trust that is going to enable her to stand at the foot of her son's cross. Not knowing what's going on. But certainly knowing that Her son's busy with his father's affairs. So I think Mary, on this Feast of the Immaculate Heart, shows that she's not so distant from us. She still needed faith and trust in God. And yeah, sure thing, she does it a whole lot better than we do. But she still points the road for us. And she's a help for us. She sustains us by her prayers, by her example and by her motherly love. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who who art art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.